It has been a week of Ignite, streaming, and gaming. Happy Friday, friends. It is, well, it's the end of September, realistically. I mean, it's September 25th. Uh, it has been an interesting week around the tech sphere, if you will. Amazon had a just kind of vomited a, a number of Alexa devices uh, out onto the world. Microsoft had Ignite. They also bought Bethesda. It has just been an interesting week, and well, Google went down last night. Uh, some of their services, not everything, but so uh, let's just kick things off here with uh, what's happening in the Microsoft world. So Microsoft announced a bunch of stuff this week. We'll start with the tech side. Uh, they had their Ignite conference this week, which we'll get to here in a second, but they also announced that Ignite Part 2, Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, it's not called that, it's just the second part of Ignite, will be happening in March of this year. We don't know the exact dates yet. It is very close to their build conference, which typically happens in May. And now Microsoft very clearly said that this is not going to re be replacing build, but you know they're like six to eight weeks apart potentially, uh, depending on when they actually land in each month. Anyways, you can look for Ignite Part Two in March, and once we know more, we'll we'll talk about that. Some of the real quick highlights of the big announcements from Ignite this week, and there are far too many to cover, but just some that stand out to me. Uh, on the team side, Microsoft is going to be introducing a webinar feature. Now, this is huge because Microsoft uh, is basically turning Teams into this be-all solution, which is great for people paying for Teams, but it's not great for pretty much every other company, uh, like specifically companies like GoToWebinar. Uh, they're severely going to be held back by what Microsoft can do in Teams because you pay an additional licensing fee for GoToWebinar and you don't pay additional licensing fee, at least as we know of right now, for Teams to get that functionality. So the question is, is when does Microsoft bundle in too much stuff and then the regulatory arm of the market starts to kind of poke around? We'll find out. We will find out. Um, breakout rooms are also coming. Another cool thing that Microsoft announced is called, uh, <laughs> they're bringing AI to SharePoint or SharePoint Syntax not syntax microsoft would be nice if you uh, updated the spell check for word because every time i write syntax instead of syntax it tells me that i spelled it wrong anyways microsoft is finally bringing some of their project cortex stuff to reality inside of sharepoint basically what this does it can apply auto generate auto generated metadata to your SharePoint content, if I don't hiccup while I'm trying to uh, explain that. And it's kind of a neat idea. Basically, content comes in, SharePoint syntax applies metadata, including uh, sensitivity tags and everything else. It can basically, you you train it on your own documents, and then it can apply that same knowledge to your own documents. Uh, it's going to go into general availability here in October. No public preview. They are pretty confident in that this is going to work, and so that will be rolling out. Uh, on the hardware side, Surface Hub 2S 85-inch is now available for pre-order if you didn't you know, get a Surface uh, service. If you didn't get an Xbox Series X or S and you want to spend $22,000, you can go buy a Service Hub 2S 85-inch that will arrive in January of 2021. These things are big. I mean, 85 inches is pretty large. Last final note is Edge, Microsoft's browser that is, well, they're getting a lot of, gaining a lot of steam. I mean, momentum here because people are using it because it's basically Chrome, but without some of the Google stuff and it's got some of the good Microsoft stuff is coming to Linux. Uh, so if you're a Linux user and you've been holding out for Edge, you'll soon be able to do that. So uh, on to the gaming news of the week, which Microsoft kicked off with a big bang at the beginning of September, uh, September 21st, excuse me. For $7.5 billion, Microsoft is bringing Bethesda into the house. And so we've talked a lot about the games and everything else, but I think there's something else that's worth uh, pointing out is that Bethesda also has, has a technology called Orion. Now, this is their 
think of their sort of xCloud solution. It allows them to take existing games, optimize them, and allow you to stream them. Now, Microsoft, once they close this acquisition, which will not happen until next year, more than likely, maybe, um, we will see. But anyways, once Microsoft fully acquires Bethesda, they will own this. The question is, is this technology and IP going to be usable for what they need? Well, we will find out. It's not certainly not going to hurt xCloud in any capacity. I'll be curious to see how Microsoft can apply this, this technology that they are going to acquire. And it's only going to potentially make xCloud better, or cloud gaming, as Microsoft would like me to call it. Other things happening this week. Obviously, the consoles went up for pre-order. That was pretty event eventful if you will uh the sites went down stock went out and yeah if you don't have one now you're probably going to be struggling uh to get one potentially before release although microsoft has officially confirmed which i reported earlier this week that they will have devices available for retail on launch day so you can go into potentially a best buy and and grab one although you might want to get there early if that is your plan what i will be curious to see is if microsoft is actually going to share how many consoles they have sold remember last time with xbox one they didn't talk about through the entire life cycle they didn't talk about all the sales especially late into the product but initially they did and we would get those numbers during microsoft's earnings report we initially learned like six six and a half million consoles were sold uh, after the launch of the xbox one in their january earnings statement release i'm curious if we're actually going to get those numbers ever I mean, it'll be fully up to Microsoft because Microsoft being Microsoft changed the way that they are reporting how Xbox revenue is occurring. They're talking about software and services and subscriptions rather than consoles sold. That's how they transitioned about eight, last year sometime or 18 months ago, something like that. And so based on how they're reporting, they don't actually have to put the number of consoles sold into their, their quarterly report. Now, I think they should. Uh, I think shareholders could put a lot of pressure on Microsoft. Look, you guys just spent $7.5 billion to prop up this, this gaming business and you're not going to tell us how many consoles you've sold? I think that's a very fair just argument and Microsoft will come back and say, look, that's not what's important to us. Long-term health of the company is based on software and services and subscription, which is Game Pass and that, that genre of uh, revenue that is coming in. And so that is what is important. So we're not going to tell you. And there you go. Who knows? Uh, I will be very curious to see how they do that. Uh, also being reported, I actually heard this from uh, from people there, that Halo Infinite, this is coming from 343, that Halo Infinite does not actually have a release date right now. Um, I had heard this at, earlier in the week, and I was going to kind of talk about it here, and then 343 just came out and said, yeah, that's we, we don't have a release date. And so, uh, yeah, Halo Infinite doesn't have a release date right now. So there you go. That's, uh, that's about all you need to know about that one. And then the other big news is what Amazon is doing with Luna. Luna is going to be a direct competitor to Microsoft's cloud gaming service inside of a Game Pass Ultimate. Um, Phil Spencer, a while ago, I can't, I couldn't remember exactly when, said that Xbox is not really competing against Sony, but he said Google and Amazon. And here's Amazon's play, right? They have Twitch, they have Luna, obviously Google has uh, YouTube, and they have Stadia. And Phil Spencer is looking at it as a more of a software or a uh, content delivery product which is effectively what xbox is and it does directly compare much more to like a youtube or like a netflix style thing and so you know just putting that into framing that into perspective that xcloud and cloud gaming is how microsoft looks at the long-tailed future and now google and amazon are officially into the fight or into the arena i should say so it'll be interesting uh, the other really interesting thing to point out too about Luna is it is going to work on iOS. Now I talked about this yesterday on the video, but here's, we, we learned a little bit more. Apparently Amazon worked with Apple to make Safari have all the bits that it would need so that Luna could actually function on these devices, which is really 
interesting because one was Apple working with Amazon and then Amazon working with Apple for the preferential treatment on its platform to get better uh, subscription rates through the App Store. We don't really know. Does Apple really know what they were doing when they were adding this stuff so that Luna would work? I have to think that they would. Um, it's just a little interesting that Amazon was able to get their thing onto iOS, but you know, xCloud and Stadia, they are not. And what are these magical bits that Amazon got Apple to include that other vendors couldn't? And so it's just a, it's just a little murky about what actually is going on there. So uh, interesting stuff. Nonetheless, we will see how that shakes out. Hopefully Microsoft can take advantage of whatever that stuff is little drink there doing this early today typically i record this podcast around 9 or 9 30 and it is officially uh 7 42 right now and so we are just starting the day off early with a bang so i'm refreshing the list uh, i post up the questions for this podcast every week roughly thursday around 12 31 o'clock uh, and then I tweeted out at BD Sam's on Twitter. And so that's how you can drop a question in on to throughout.com. And so here we go. So Joe says, do you think Microsoft is working on a browser implementation of xCloud? Have you heard anything? Yes, they, they do have it. Like it, they have worked on it. Um, so yes, that they, they absolutely have. Um, and he goes on to say, do you think 2021 is the year of Linux desktop now that Lenovo is going to seemingly full steam ahead with uh, Microsoft's Windows Server Windows subsystem for Linux and getting GUI support soon? It'll be interesting. So one of the things that came out of Ignite is that they're working on a major update for the Windows subsystem for Linux on Windows that will allow you to run Linux applications quite literally on the desktop of Windows. Double click, it runs sort of scenario. It's not quite that polished yet, but that is where they are headed. And so does that make it full, like, full steam ahead? for the Linux on the desktop? I don't think so. I, I don't think the year of the Linux desktop is honestly ever gonna like be just like a year. Like it's just gonna turn over. Um, the closest thing that's gonna ever, I think, upset Windows will honestly be like Chromebooks, um, potentially Mac OS, but I don't even know if that's quite the case. Windows will always exist as the powerhouse. Uh, it's just the easiest, even though I know technical users love Linux and I'm not discounting it, it as a great OS for right scenarios and right, right users. For the mass market audience, Windows still is gonna dominate for uh, quite some time. Then he says, any recommendations for a VR headset that would work well with Microsoft Flight Simulator? Um, I don't I don't even know if VR, and I should know this, but I don't know it. I don't think VR headsets are supported yet on Flight Sim. I hope that that comes soon. And if I were to buy one today, it would probably be the new HP one that's coming out with super high res um, focals. And so that is the one that I would grab. I can't remember the name of it, though. It's like Elite G2 or something. HP has really long, verbose names, and I can never remember them. Uh, Dataminer says, during their 2019 event, Bethesda made an announcement of Orion, a cloud streaming SDK that makes existing cloud game streaming services better by lower latency and bandwidth usage. Have you heard anything about how this technology has progressed and how Microsoft may leverage the technology? Um, it, it's we're way too early to understand how Microsoft would actually leverage this technology. I'm, I'm sure that they are fully aware of what the tech stack is when they were doing their due diligence. Obviously, the game IP is a big deal for Microsoft, but if they can improve their cloud streaming service, even just 1%, considering that they are now down into, you know, you know like the two second and third level standard deviations of latency um, reduction, that would be a, a huge win. So we don't quite know. It, it's just honestly far too early to understand. Uh, Usman back with a couple questions. Uh, Walking Pat Cat mentioned Project Helix, then deleted it. Uh, looking around, it got mixed signals. Some said it was to turn PCs into an Xbox. Others say it was unifying game developers using UWP, which I believe is now evolved into GameCore. Uh, any other information on it? It was pretty outdated 2016-2017 information. I believe this was the, some of the start of GameCore. That is what my interpretation was. 
uh, with Stadia, Luna, and GeForce Now accessible through a browser, why isn't xCloud? Have they made a choice to limit it to phones because of the 720p streams? Um, I don't think they've made a choice. Well, okay. They have absolutely made a choice to limit it to phones for now. I think... I think Microsoft's strategy here, potentially part of it, is that they don't want this, their cloud streaming solution right now, to be confused with their console and PC gaming strategies, because those are still continue to be more lucrative options than cloud streaming. So um, I don't quite, it, it was very much a, a decision, not a technical limitation, why they didn't put things in the browser and everywhere else, because um, it absolutely can run. I've seen it. So there we go. Uh, let's see. He says, anecdotally, I hear always hear about Zoom classes and never get, uh, but never Google Meet or Teams. I worked for a large enterprise, and I was surprised at the end of 2019 they announced they moved away from Skype for Business Zoom instead of Teams. They are a large tenant. Uh, da, 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 da. Hindsight being 2020, should they have kept the name Skype for te Skype Teams to leverage the popular Skype brand? No, I don't think they should. So his point here is that hey, Skype was a very popular business name. And um, should they have kept that instead of going to Teams? I think Teams has worked out wonderfully. They have a massive install base. And while you might hear more about Zoom, I can tell you that Teams is, continues to do it, it quite well. Uh, Sydney2K says, everyone in the gaming world is talking about Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda, Zenimax. Uh, but something that no one is bringing up is the role of CFO Amy Hood in this very interesting question. It's obvious that her and her area would have been very close to the negotiations over the purchase. After all, she holds the purse strings and $7.5 billion isn't to be sneezed at. Yes, Amy Hood is Microsoft CF CFO and she is a very sharp knife. Um, I've, I, she continues to be uh, held very highly inside and outside of Microsoft. And so you're absolutely right. She was probably knee deep into this acquisition. So what does... So what is Amy Hood like? It's obvious that she's a very capable operator. Anyone holding her kind of position has to be. Does she know what is happening in every nook and every cranny of the company? Or does she handle each project that ends on her desk in her own merits? Does she rubber stamp each project? Or is that the final word? So these are these are really good questions. So you could go back. I believe Bloomberg, uh, my friend Dina Bass, did a profile on her. I am honestly... I would love to know how many CEO roles she has been offered over the years because it, it still surprises me that she has not been sucked away because I've talked to her, I think maybe once in person. Um, I don't see Amy Hood very often at the events that I go to. It's more on the technical side. But from what I understand, what I know of her is that she's a very sharp tack. She is very, uh, very cordial, but very firm. If you if you understand that sort of analogy, and she is, she would have been all over this seven point five billion dollar acquisition. But more so, what I what I what I typically hear of Amy is like, okay, so Phil comes in and says, hey, I want to spend seven point five billion dollars. Obviously, Microsoft can absolutely afford that, but you have to come with a plan, and then effectively, it's almost like taking money from the bank. You have to extremely, to high levels, justify the acquisition. You have to justify the return. You have to you have to make the pitch, and this is probably pretty normal across any company. You have to make the pitch about why that $7.5 billion is going to be a net positive for the company for the long term. Now, obviously, Satya Nadella is going to be weighing in on this too. And I can guarantee you the senior leadership team probably all talked about this at a very high level. But at the end of the day, Amy's the one who hands over the check, and she will be the one ultimately responsible for where that $7.5 billion goes. And then she's going to hold Phil and that org extremely responsible for making a return on that investment. Um, she has always been sort of referred to as cool, calm and collected, but firm is kind of the, the mentality I've always heard. Uh, oh, geez. 
Steve Sperndog says, uh, have we heard from either Microsoft or Sony or how many simultaneous USB hard drives the next-gen consoles will currently support? Currently, the Xbox One can support up to two at the same time, and the PS4 can only use one at a time. I understand I won't be able to play next-gen games from these hard drives, but as I understand, you will be able to store next-gen games on them and then move them to the main SSD. Yes, so uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. You can now pre-order that Seagate drive that it'll expand the Xbox Velocity architecture with the NVMe. 4.0 drive and it cost you like two over 200 bucks like 220 something dollars um that is not cheap by the way i am fully aware of that and you get a terabyte of storage but it's also the fastest drive and microsoft made a compromising decision that says hey look if we're going to go this route everybody needs to have the max performance and that's what it is now that pricing absolutely will come down over time it absolutely will this is the peak of it and it should drop eventually but it's not cheap you're right you can go and buy a, a spinning rust drive for a terabyte for like 30 40 bucks today uh, you can get a solid state drive for that size like 120 150 somewhere around there i might be a little off on those numbers and then obviously this is over 200 bucks but you're getting a custom solution something that's plug and play something that will just allow you to operate what i don't know the answer to how many usb drives you can have physically connected to the console what i would do is just you could build up a massive nas i mean you could go build out like an eight terabyte nas potentially and store all this stuff on it um and then just connect it up, I believe. I believe it should support the NAS functionality. And then connect it up and just move back and forth. The, the key here is that you only have a terabyte of honestly like usable space. So you're going to have to be swapping things back and forth. Now, it'll absolutely be faster to swap from the internal drive to, you, to the local hard drive than it will be to download. So if you put a bunch of games in there, you should be able to move them back and forth pretty quickly. So uh, Vladimir says, what do you think of Microsoft... Wait. What do you think is pulling back Microsoft from releasing xCloud for PC? So I, I think it's, I, I touched on, I, I realistically just think that it's part of their strategy of not wanting to confuse the user about what their intentions are for their product. Um, I don't think there's any technical limitations. I think this is Microsoft absolutely just playing it slow, playing it smooth, making sure everything goes successfully. And you got to remember that while it is a great service and something that I'm sure a lot of people want, myself included, it's not something that I think is a revenue driving right now. And maybe that's something they're holding back for uh, um, potentially here in the near future. When will they release it? I don't, I wish I knew. I just know that it exists. So uh, Philip says, hey, Brian, I'm copying uh, this question for you. Uh, it says, do you think there's any chance Microsoft would consider an acquisition of a music production program? Um, interesting question. So Microsoft has obviously been spending a lot of money, uh, $7.5 billion. And I think they're going to be spending some more here potentially before the end of the year. But do not quote me on that because things fall apart all the time. And so, uh, yes and no. The, the problem here is that Microsoft hasn't done well with the with the creative products, if you will, inside of everything that they've launched that falls into like that sort of genre. Just hasn't done well. And you got to remember, for Microsoft to launch a product or to basically buy a company. Their benchmark typically is like they want it to be a billion dollar industry. So if they're going to go into the creative market, they want it to be a billion dollar product line. I don't, it doesn't make sense for Microsoft to spend a whole bunch of money and efforts to go make a million dollars. Like that does, that doesn't do anything for them. They would be better off using that money to go spend it and try to sell more Office 365 subscriptions. That being said, you can kind of put that into perspective with Bethesda and how Microsoft is thinking about uh, their Game Pass stuff is that they definitely think it is a billion dollar product line, which is why they're spending all this money now. Um, for the creative side, I don't, I don't quite know. They've kind of moved away from that. Remember they had the creators update for windows and it just completely flopped. Um, the line, I know the surface studio sells, but it doesn't sell in like super high volume. Even the surface book three that I'm using right here, which is a, a good machine, um, isn't a super high volume device. I mean, 
creative software is kind of owned by the Adobe market. And I don't think Microsoft would really want to go compete against Adobe head to head because they honestly would lose um, realistically. Uh, Russ Finney says, Hi Brad, do you know when e when EA Play will be available on Xbox Game Pass? Do you have any uh, preferred recommended EA titles? Um, the Battlefield games are always fun. I've always enjoyed those. Um, so you can be looking on the lookout for those. I don't, I, some reason I thought it was before the holidays. I went and looked online real quickly right before this podcast and I didn't see that answer. And so I thought, I thought I remembered reading in the press release that it was before the holidays. So hopefully soon. Uh, hi, Brad. What are the most important announcements for you at Ignite? So Microsoft, the, the most important announcement that I didn't talk about yet is Microsoft also announced that they're going to be kind of overhauling a couple things. Some of their syncing technology, uh, I believe it's called Project Nexus or, or Nucleus. Nucleus is the thing. Mary Jo has a good write-up on it. Um, that is pretty important. Also, on a personal level, they're going to be overhauling their Microsoft 365 stream experience or like user experience, which right now is terrible. It's terrible. And they're going to be overhauling that, which will be good. And that'll make me happy. So those are, uh, for me, on a personal level. Uh, the one thing I wish we would have seen at Ignite was more about Fluid Framework. I know they did open source it, but we didn't really see a whole lot of like what's going on there. So that's, I wish we would have seen more about that. Colin says, hi. Hi, Brad. Love your show. Uh, watch it quite frequently and first ring daily that you and Paul do. Uh, have you ever thought that xCloud could effectively boost the graphical power of the Xbox S and S games in the cloud and be an additive to the hardware? So I don't know about... I mean, technically, it could potentially boost the graphic fidelity, um, but I think it would be sort of sort of more in like background tasks. If you if you understand what I mean here, like like the uh, like weather and that sort of stuff, I think is how it could be used. Much like they use it in uh, Flight Sim, how it brings in real world elements into the existing game. I don't know about like taking it from 4K to 8K, maybe or something like that. Um, kind of look at Crackdown. That's a good example of even though it was a completely flubbed launch. That's sort of the scenario I think Microsoft could potentially utilize with that sort of cloud technology and having more dynamic environments is certainly something they could do. I still think the best use case of uh, their cloud gaming technology is going to be when you go to the Xbox store and you want to play a game or something like that. You can just hit A, you start playing the game while it's streaming, and then when you're not playing the game right then, or you can have the option to start downloading it in the background. I think that is going to be the, the killer solution potentially. Uh, Ken says, do you know if I have an Xbox Series X optimized version of a game on an SSD expansion card. Will that game work if the card is plugged into the Xbox Series S? Um, oh, so that's like a downgraded game. So I don't, I don't think so. Because remember, they have the smart delivery where if you're playing a game on an Xbox Series X, it's going to download only that version for you, which is why Xbox Series S games are actually like, what, 30% smaller or something like that than an Xbox Series X game. So because of that, I believe when you plug it in, it's going to be like, hey, this isn't the right version of the game. It's going to have to download the assets for that. Uh, Greg says, is there a compelling reason for casual gamers to replace a working Xbox One SX with the new Xbox Series SX besides picture frame rate quality? Uh, are there any features that will be limited to the new hardware? Um, so initially on day one, not really, to be honest. I mean, you, you kind of hit the point. The, the reason why you would buy the new one is you want the the faster frame rate you want the faster loading times you want ray tracing um, you want hdmi 2.1 support effectively you're buying the hardware upgrade but the games that are going to fully take advantage of everything the xbox series x has to offer are not really launching exactly with the console that's not a huge surprise i mean you can very easily wait a year and i don't personally think you're going to miss out on a ton um, PlayStation 5 is a little bit different because they, you know, they believe in generations, but then they said a lot of games are going to be backwards compatible. Um, so we'll see what happens on that side of the fence. But, you know, my, my 
theory here is if you if you want the Series X, try to buy one. I think you'll be happy with it, and then you'll as soon as the games arrive that support all the functionality that you just love and desire, they will absolutely your console will be there, and you'll have to go out and get it and spend the money. That being said, if you don't want to spend the money, I don't think you're going to be missing out on a lot because again, a lot of those games are backwards compatible, and so you'll be able to get them on your current generation device. And so there you go. The only the only thing that might be, and this is the the jury is still out on this, is like if you're playing competitive first person shooters, I could absolutely see there being advantage playing the new Call of Duty on the new console playing versus playing somebody on the older console. If you have better frame rates versus somebody who has lower frame rates, you will definitely get an advantage uh, in, in that sort of capacity if that is up to you now if you're playing like ori or something like that like a first person side scrolling i don't think there's any reason to, to bump up um at least initially robert duck says uh, hi brad does the zenimax media mean acquisition mean that the studios will develop the games first and then port to other platforms and am i correct saying that their games will be uh more streamlined towards xbox pc and less uh smooth for playstation so i don't think microsoft is going to buy this company and then sacrifice uh their playstation game so you know the bethesda currently is still an independent company. Microsoft does not close the acquisition. It's actually, I believe, technically illegal for Microsoft to go in there and make like company-defining decisions until they've quite literally paid them all the money. Even though they have an agreement to buy them, they have to they have to pay for it first because if this thing falls apart, Bethesda can't be left out. Um, that, that actually started, I believe that regulation started because companies would go in and say, hey, I'm going to buy this company and then just drag them along for six, eight months, make some decisions that killed the company and then the company buying them uh, just said, nah, we don't really want to do that and it was used as a tactic to just destroy competition so they can't make any of those decisions um that saying too they also have contracts with sony now technically they could probably buy their way out of the contracts but i think microsoft is just going to build out those games and let sony have those games this is a longer acquisition process right yes you're going to get the games and anything that goes playstation exclusive as soon as that contract is up i would be shocked if they don't end up on xbox or pc in some capacity uh, but they're not going to just go in there and burn bridges at the end of the day microsoft needs sony just as much as sony needs microsoft it, you know we all win when when these companies compete and so microsoft has made a very good purchase and acquisition at least attempt so far as long as they, they close the books on it um, but i don't think they're going to sabotage games for playstation now long term are they going to continue to build out playstation exclusives i would be shocked but they're definitely going to write out the contracts that have already been signed second question uh will games from ea play drop out of game pass at some point in time like most third-party games or does this deal explicitly make the deals um special and they'll stay forever so we don't quite know yet remember microsoft announced this thing that ea play was going to be in game pass and then uh, we, we haven't heard all the nitty gritty details if this is like a perpetual thing or if it's just a time thing. We don't quite know, but the way they announced it, it sounded like this is going to be a long term thing and that these games should be sticking around for quite some time. Uh, Abernacker says, do you know about the Zenimax acquisition beforehand? How did they manage to keep this from being leaked? Uh, so I, I've said this like multiple times here. If Microsoft wants to keep a secret, they absolutely know how to keep a secret. They did this with the Series X launch. They did this with HoloLens. They did this uh, with this acquisition right here. Microsoft knows how to keep things a secret. When they don't want to keep a secret, then they just don't take the same precautions. Um, but this is another perfect example of Microsoft keeping things out of the media, out of the leaks, and out of everything else. So no, I didn't know about this. Um, uh, before it was going to happen now full qualifier i did hear that microsoft was looking to spend some money this fall and that they were in the process of doing that but like that's about as nebulous as it gets um i think you can make that generic statement at any point but i did hear i think well, august or something like but nothing i could run with and nothing that really made sense because obviously microsoft will buy any company that makes long-term sense for the company like that's just that's just business logic when you have that much money in the bank so 
Um, and then Mr. PKI says, uh, the final Xbox Insider question of the week. Is there anything on EA Play that is worth playing now that is available on Xbox Game Pass? Do you think that Halo Infinite uh, Xbox... Okay. Um, that's a good question. And to be honest, I don't quite know what EA titles are even on Game Pass right now. I think that was sort of the big deal is that all of them that were coming over. Uh, quite candidly, I play just a ton of Warzone right now and Ori when I when I don't want to be shooting people. And so I personally don't know. You got me stumped with that one. And says, do you think Halo Infinite Xbox Series X branded consoles is actually already being built and being held in a warehouse uh, like, in an industri- like in an Indiana Jones movie? So... Microsoft very clearly had a plan to get Xbox Infinite out the door, and they had a massive marketing run-up uh, with it, you know, with Taco Bell and, like, Doritos and everything else, and uh, Mountain Dew, or I might, I might be missing some or making some up, whatever. And I bet that, to his point that they were probably going to be building some Master Chief consoles as a limited edition run, to, you know, to celebrate the console launch. Where are those things now? I'm assuming they've been built, although it's just the plastic shell, so I wonder if they would just, like, slide those things off and slide a black one on top, and then that's the end of that, so... Interesting question, as always. To everybody else, thanks for tuning in. This has been an early morning edition of The Sam's Report. Have yourself a wonderful Friday. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.